0: Virginia's been setting records lately, like becoming the first state in the South to legalize recreational marijuana use or to reverse decades of pro-life protections for the unborn. But sadly, these aren't first in the right direction. Now the question is, is it possible to change our course and become a pro-family, pro-life state once again? Welcome to Speak Up Virginia, equipping you to speak up on the life, family, and freedom issues that matter most to you. From the Family Foundation, I'm your host, Candy Cushman, and I'm joined today by our president, Victoria Cobb. Well, given today's topic about whether Virginia Christians can really make a difference when it comes to turning our state back to pro-life, pro-family principles, obviously a key part of that is going to depend on the next generation and whether they understand that their voices, their votes really make a difference. So, Victoria... What are you and your husband doing to get that idea across to your kids, just this whole idea that their voice counts and, you know, what it's like to practice civic engagement?
1: Well, sure. We definitely think it's important that our kids understand that this is part of our responsibility and um, just like lots of parents we bring them into the voting booth with us when they're very young so they go and they see that this is the process and you know with my job obviously they go to some rallies and some things like that that maybe most kids aren't a part of but even March for Life you know things are available to everybody to participate with and they're very kid-friendly events and I think kids should understand that these are ways that we express what we're passionate about in a democracy in a place where our voice does matter.
0: So you took your daughters for example to the rally for Amy Coney. Barrett before she was about to be confirmed as a justice on the United States Supreme Court. And I think that was an interesting experience for your girl's I mean, I'm sure they felt special just that you were taking them, but then weren't there some protesters in hazmat suits or something?
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not going to say that, that involving your kids doesn't mean you won't have to explain some things. Yes, they literally watched people being arrested, you know, who were trying to break into the building where the, you know, confirmation hearing was being oh, heard. Wow. They have signs, they see things and hear things, so you have to think about what you're bringing them to and what you're willing to to have a conversation about, but I, I still think those are learning opportunities. And I think at the right age, they should start getting involved in seeing it.
0: Well, moving on to our topic today, I know a lot of Christians are concerned about how Virginia is steadily becoming more radically liberal, more pro-abortion, more antagonistic to basic religious freedoms for churches and charities, just to name a few things. So I think the question on a lot of people's minds right now is, can this be reversed? Can we turn Virginia once again back toward the things God holds dear, like protecting the sanctity of human life, protecting the family unit, really even our children's innocence when it comes to promoting uh, sexual experimentation in schools? It just feels like we're so far down that road with all of this. And I think a lot of people are having trouble feeling like it's possible to change course. What is your perspective on that?
1: Well, sure, it can feel a bit overwhelming, and sure, uh, you could take a defeatist view of this and say we are just too far gone. But that's just not that's just not what we see through history. It's not what we see in the God that we follow. And so I would say this: it does feel like Northern Virginia and Richmond, these cities, have an outsized influence on the vote in the state. When you have one in five, what's uh, like one in six voters in Fairfax County alone, which is right outside D.C. You sit there and think, boy, it is hard for the rest of the state that is mostly conservative to make their voices heard but that is not insurmountable and I would say this I have a lot of hope right now simply because We have watched such dramatic policy changes, and they're not things that can be missed. You know, people are going to see a casino go up on the corner of their area. They are going to feel recreational marijuana legalized. That's not going to be avoidable. And so I am hopeful that these kind of terrible policy changes that will harm our families, people will see them and say we must immediately reverse course and make different election choices.
0: I really hope and pray that that is enough to wake us up, to really wake the body of Christ up, because that's what it's going to take. It's going to take the body of Christ, Christians specifically taking the lead on this. Do you think enough people are going to feel alarmed enough to be willing to risk their safety and comfort levels at this point to really have the courage to speak up
1: on what's true? We sure hope so. I mean, that is absolutely what is going to be needed, and we want to believe that we are finally at a place For a long time, I think Christians could say, we're seeing things, I mean, example, you know, you see the florist in Washington State, and she loses her job over one of these terrible policies, and you think, well, I'm not a florist, but I believe that now most Virginians realize with the Virginia Values Act, with other bills that have passed, it's not just a few specific areas that these policies are hitting everyone, and that there's a cost to our faith, and so we have to stand up simply to be able to continue to walk out our faith.
0: Yeah, now I think when it comes to people getting more courageous, we can take some cues from what other states around us have been doing, especially when there are areas that have been predicted to be more liberal, but they've actually taken some steps back in the pro-family direction. I think West Virginia is a good example of that. They just passed one of the broadest school choice measures in the nation, and this is a big deal because it makes schools more accountable to parents by allowing them to use taxpayer money to set up education savings accounts.
1: Yeah, they can now freely use these accounts to fund homeschool, private school, and other options that best serve their child. And honestly, West Virginia is an awesome state to talk about because they've had a dramatic policy shift. They weren't always like this. They weren't a state that supported school choice, and now they're not going part way. They're going all the way saying we have got to enable best education options for parents.
0: So the encouragement is it can be done. We've just got to be willing to speak up, and our representatives have to be willing to speak up after hearing from us And I just want to give a plug to people listening. If you're looking for ways to speak up but you're just not sure what to say or that you just don't have confidence to articulate your viewpoint on some of these complicated issues like transgenderism, um, I just want to point you to the awesome resources we have at familyfoundation.org. Look for the Speak Up conversation tips. And it's just a really easy-to-use Q&A format on everything from critical race theory to transgenderism to legalization of recreational marijuana. That makes it really easy for you to talk to your neighbors and loved ones on these topics. Thanks for tuning in. If you're just now joining us for Speak Up Virginia, brought to you by the Family Foundation. For more information about us or the topics we're addressing, you can visit familyfoundation.org. That's familyfoundation.org. Well, we were talking earlier about how radical liberals are controlling all levels of our state government right now. And I'm not sure people understand what that really means on a practical basis. Because they might hear people talking about, okay, we need to go out and vote for pro-family candidates. But they may not necessarily understand how that translates to the practical impact of people with really a more secularist, godless viewpoint running key committees at the state capitol. Can you help us understand how that translates into the practical area.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think people think about process as very nitty-gritty, but the reality is if you don't have pro-family legislators leading committees, the committee chair sets the agenda. The committee chair drives whether you even get the bill heard. So just some examples I think about is, you know, if you had had pro-family leaders this year driving committee process, you would not have had a marijuana bill passed without going through a health committee. I mean, you, you literally would have at least had it in the right committee. Listening to it would have been doctors and testimony about. It would have been about health. Instead, we were talking about how much money it's going to drive. That's a simple thing. But I also remember we used to have a very hostile pro-abortion committee chair who was head of what's called Ed Health. That's where all the abortion bills go. And you know what he would do? He would literally tee up all the pro-life and abortion bills to be heard on Planned Parenthood's lobby day. Planned Parenthood knew, hey, we're going to bring all our people out and we're going to pack this room and it's going to be on our lobby day. That's the kind of stuff that people don't realize. It just puts you in a weak spot to be able to go up against that animosity
0: yeah and I think another good example of inside baseball at the capitol in a way that actually gives us hope is what happened with the debate over the legalization of recreational marijuana during veto session I mean this whole process to legalize it just felt like a runaway train that you could not stop because it was so politicized there was so much money behind it but even despite all that this came down to a tie vote in the senate right
1: Yeah, I mean, this was a situation where there was a pretty heated debate about when marijuana would be legalized. Is it going to be right now, or is it going to be in three years after they work through all the logistics of setting up commercialization? And the reason is because there are people who are concerned, if it is legal to possess it, where are you going to get it? It creates a black market. So there was a big debate, and Governor Northam had passed down an amendment that said, we're going to do it right now. We're going to get this thing, and people are going to be uh, allowed to have it july 1 of this year and that debate actually came down to to your point a tie break vote in the senate and that means just the value of having a pro-family lieutenant governor because in Virginia, that's who breaks your tie that one position really would have made a big difference unfortunately we don't have one right now we have somebody that voted in favor of instant recreational marijuana being legalized but it's one position and it matters
0: yeah that could have changed the whole ball game Just like if you have a pro-family person or pro-life person on a committee, they can block bad bills or push through good ones. So it does make a difference what happens at the state capitol impacts millions of people in Virginia. Um, So how can people feel like they can make a difference in this next election cycle? Because we do have an opportunity to weigh into some of those key positions now.
1: Yeah, they need to be really well informed and they need to be engaged. So it's not enough... To simply wait till, you know, November and show up at a ballot, look at a bunch of names and go, oh, I guess it's this one. No, we have to know for, for many candidates, they've already been in office and they have a voting record. And that's why the Family Foundation Action actually puts out what we call the General Assembly Report Card. All we're doing is taking everybody who's already in our house, already in our Senate, we're looking at how they voted over the last two years and saying, have they voted in a way that's consistent with our values? So when you start thinking about, do I want to return this person to office? You can say, yeah, this person's voted my values or this person hasn't, and so I want to pick an alternate candidate. We also provide something in October that's another So I call them transparency tools. Helping people be able to cut through the clutter and see what's really true. And so in some cases, uh, candidates haven't been in office. So you're looking at, how do I know what they're really going to do? Well, the Family Foundation, the voter guide, the action voter guide that we put out, what it's trying to do is, if we don't have a voting record, we ask them where, are you, where do you stand on these things? So we get it in writing. So a voter can Make the best decision possible when they get to the ballot box.
0: Um, I think one silver lining in all this is that Virginia is a bellwether state that sends powerful signals across the nation. And that's an influence that can be used for good or bad.
1: Yeah, well, people do look at Virginia as a bellwether in part because we have these odd year elections. So always in the year like this, we are the very first election after we've brought in a new president. So people think of it as this is a state deciding, do we like the direction we're going as a nation? And then they're thinking, what does that mean for what they call the midterm elections or the ones where we go and elect all the Congress people across the country. And so Virginia, the beautiful thing about Virginia is we can make some great decisions this year, and then we can give hope to the rest of the nation that that we can actually make sure that we have a pro-family Congress next year. So what we do gives sort of either this hopeful feeling or sort of a defeated feeling to a lot of other states.
0: Well, it's that time again, time for our Inconceivable Moments Award where we're featuring examples of the absolute lunacy and craziness that happens when our cultural leaders try to give guidance completely apart from biblical principles. And we're calling it the Liberals' Most Inconceivable Moments Award. Inconceivable! Well, one of the most serious threats to religious freedom these days is this effort by radical liberals to pack the U.S. Supreme Court. And what that means is, since they don't like the way decisions have been going lately with more pro-life, religious-freedom-friendly justices on the court— They've decided to take matters into their own hands by simply packing more abortion-friendly liberals onto the court, basically increasing the court from 9 to 13 justices.
1: Yeah, we saw this idea of pick up steam during the presidential election. It really became a hot issue because President Biden refused to answer the question about whether he supported it. But now that he's in office, it's actually starting to take on more tangible form with the president actually establishing a commission to think about it, look at it, whatever. And the Democrats have actually put in a bill, a law proposing that they put this in action.
0: Well, if it did pass, it absolutely would be one of the worst things that could happen to religious freedom and the rights of the unborn in this country. But thankfully, it's not really that popular right now, even among members of Congress on both sides of the aisle, because I think people see what a blatant power grab this is.
1: Yeah, that's exactly right. And that's why liberals proposing it have launched into their usual Orwellian speak to try to force it through. Let's just listen to what Representative Jerry Nadler, one of the main sponsors of the bill, trying to convince people that packing actually means unpacking. Let's just hear what he had to say. And Some people will say we're packing the court. We're not packing it. We're unpacking it. Senator McConnell and the Republicans packed the court over the last couple of years, as Senator uh, uh, Markey outlined. So this is a a reaction to that. It's a necessary step in the evolution of the court, and I'm glad to, I'm proud to co-sponsor it.
0: I think I should definitely try that kind of double speak on my husband because he's always saying I pack too much for trips. And next time when he sees me packing, I'm just going to say, no, this is actually unpacking. What you
1: see here is unpacking. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I like to think most people know what the English language has always meant and that those words still mean those things. So I don't know if you're going to get away with that. Um, but that is why we are going to give this week's uh, award to Congressman Jerry Nadler. Uh, you know, he's actually the House Judiciary Chair, so he's actually the head of this whole committee and trying to convince us that words don't mean what they mean.
0: Thanks for joining us for this week's Speak up Virginia brought to you by the family foundation. Visit us at familyfoundation.org. That's familyfoundation.org. See you next time. And don't forget we are stronger when we speak together.